Growing numbers of Jews are waking up. And at Machon Shiloh, we pray that these discussions between Rabbi David Bar Chaim and former prisoner of Zion, Yehonathan Pollard, contribute towards this process and bring about the change that can save the Jewish nation. Welcome, Yehonathan. Hi. Rabbi Bar Chaim. Shalom. Welcome to all our viewers. And uh, to you, of course, Yonathan. For the record, I must state the following, that uh, everywhere I go for the last uh, few months, the first thing that most people say to me is how, how much we enjoy your, conversa your conversations with Jonathan Pollard. And uh, I should perhaps also point out that uh, I never imagined that uh, this would become a uh, regular event. It's not something <laughs> I planned. It's not something I planned. Um, some people may even think that it's unusual for someone who's better known as a, a rabbi, perhaps, to discuss uh, such matters. But the the fact is, as I say, first of all, it wasn't. It was not. Uh, was not plotted out in advance that this would be the case, and it's become uh, increasingly popular with, with many viewers. But I think it also needs to be stated that the Torah, being a truth system for understanding the world and living in the world in com communion with Hashem, the Creator, part of the Torah is to understand and to know what goes on in the world, and not, not to live in a false paradise. Even though the truth often uh, is painful or unpleasant, but I think it's better to be aware of the truths rather than uh, be unaware or, or insist and, uh, and, and convince ourselves that the reality is something other than it is in, is in fact, because uh, that, that is a guaranteed path to disaster. And that's exactly, of course, what we, what we uh, see and what is unfolding before our eyes at the present time. It was plain to all people who wished to know the truth, who wished to deal with reality, that what happened on the 22nd of Tishrei, Tashin Peydala, 7th of October, 2023, that which happened on that day was bound to happen. And there were many, many people who said so, going back decades, that if you pursue these policies, this will be the outcome. And of course, they were ridiculed and relegated to the uh, lunatic fringes. But they were right. And it's precisely those those people in positions of power who chose to tell themselves a, a different story and created their own, uh, not just dubious, but downright um, fictitious narratives. Those people uh, led us to, to disaster, the disaster with which we are trying to 
deal, or some of us are trying to deal at the present time, because I think there are also quite a few people who are, who are actually not, not on the same page. With regards to that, I will mention here, to, to begin with, that which we started with also last week. Last week we mentioned that there was some deal cut with Hamas, uh, and, and I should state for the record that I oppose any and all deals with Hamas on anything at all. But there was some deal cut with Hamas by the French and Qatar, Qatar authorities, government of Qatar, uh, regarding the uh, to do with the various negotiations. And one of the promises was that medications would be sent from Israel for various hostages with their names, etc., on them, in boxes, the medications that these people require. Some of these people are elderly and uh, unwell and, and require uh, regular medications. And the, these would be passed on uh, to, to whoever it was exactly in, in, in Gaza, and they would reach those hostages. Well, last week we mentioned that in the raid that took place approximately a week ago, or just maybe 10 days ago now, um, carried out by, by the Amman, which is a, an elite a police anti-terror unit. Some say the very best of its class and of its type in the world. Uh, they pulled off an amazing, uh, flawless, flawlessly executed commando raid in uh, Rafiah or Rafah, as the Arabs call it, and those who cannot pronounce a heth insist on calling it Rafa. Um, they pulled off an amazing raiding, and, and they released, they were able to uh, bring to freedom two Israeli elderly gentlemen who were held in captivity for, for months. These, pe these two people were supposed to be recipients of those medications, and they were asked immediately, and they were told, and they responded, we never saw any medications. We received nothing. Over the last two days, we've all seen video footage of uh, Israeli commando units entering the uh, Nasser Hospital in Khan Yunus, in, uh, southern, uh, in southern Gaza Strip. And there in the hospital were found those boxes of medications sent by people in Israel, by their families, to these hostages with their names written on the boxes plainly as was the, as was required by that deal, with their photographs plot, uh, stuck onto those boxes. The, the, the medications were untouched and had never reached those hostages. And I'm sure, Yonathan, that you are as uh, completely shocked as I am. Horrified. Surprised. Who would have thought? Um, I think we have to have some takeaways from this you indicated that you opposed any any such deals with hamas and that's the opinion of a clear thinking person you cannot trust these terrorists at all and that is not the only takeaway from this incident you can't trust the guarantors either the French, I'm not going to let the French and the Qataris and uh, possibly even the Red Cross, although I've lost all 
confidence in them whatsoever. I don't even regard them as as valid uh, players in this in this game. But no guarantors um, acted appropriately in this matter. The French and the Qataris, in particular, should have done everything they could to have guaranteed the delivery, the safe delivery of these medicines to their intended recipients. Now, how are we, what are we to think now going forward? One takeaway is the fact that terrorists can't be trusted. Okay, you can check that box. The next is the guarantors can't be trusted either. So when they, by the way, neither the Qataris, to my knowledge, neither the Qataris nor the French have said anything about this. We're sorry, something fell through the cracks, uh, we were remiss, something. We were misled. Been misled. Yeah, that would have been... Although a we, we, wouldn't believe, we wouldn't believe the latter. It doesn't right. matter, but at least you have to say something. They haven't said anything. Crickets, as we say, crickets, silence. So they're not um, even embarrassed by this. That's the thing. They're not even embarrassed. Why, why would that be? Because they must have known all along that nothing would come of such a... Of course not. Of course not. And all the medicine, apparently, that we had to also provide um, for to Hamas, well, to the civilians, also disappeared, by the way. That's the other story, the other part of this story. It wasn't just medicine for our hostages. Hamas insisted that uh, additional medications also be provided for the innocent civilians of Gaza. Well, guess what? I'll give you one guess. The, the ones, what happened to the that ones, medicine? The yes. ones who kept, uh, who kept RPGs and... Correct. And, the civilians. Uh, and explosive devices under their, their child's crib. Correct. Well, that medicine disappeared also. And uh, some of it has been found, actually, in some of the tunnels, the fighting tunnels. Again, I'm shocked. Who would have thought that? So Hamas has many thousands of wounded, seriously wounded uh, fighters um, who until this deal that was done were lacking adequate medicine. Well, they have the medicine now. The last thing about this horrible deal that 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 was agreed to was something that Ben Veer came out with just a few days ago. It was an open letter. Ben, uh, to, referring to Itamar Ben Veer, the uh, Minister for Internal National Security. National Security, where he quite rightly said, no more, quote, humanitarian aid should be made available to the ostensibly the civilians in Gaza. But as we've all seen in the videos, and as uh, the head of the Shabak, the uh, Secret Service in Israel has admitted, 60 to 70% of it is going to Hamas, is hijacked by Hamas. None of that stuff, none of it should be delivered until we can guarantee that the medicine that was that was promised to our hostages 
has been delivered. I, I actually okay, saw, yes, saw yesterday a letter uh, written by uh, Minister Ben Gvir to the Prime Minister Netanyahu to that effect, demanding that all such shipments Correct. be suspended. I do not believe that he received even a response. No, he didn't. Um, but there wasn't any pushback either. He basically was given the green light to go ahead and publicize this letter. For reasons, well, who knows? He did the right thing, but the government didn't because the convoys are still, um, if they can get by the, the protests, our, pro our protesters down on the crossings into Gaza, they're still being delivered. And certainly the convoys, the aid convoys coming in from Egypt are, are coming in without any hindrance whatsoever. So, um, again, Itamar shouldn't have been the one to have to publish that statement. It should have come from the war cabinet. It should have been signed by Gantz. It should have been signed by Eisenkot. It should have been signed by Gallant and Bibi. But, but then again, one would not expect from uh, someone like Gantz or Eisenkot who participated in one of these alternative uh, Remembrance Day ceremonies together with, oh, okay. with Hamas families, you would not expect them to sign such a letter. No. So going forward, I hope people keep in mind as we approach uh, the next election, Right. And uh, Bitsalo, Bitsalo Smutsrich. And yeah, they were the only ones. So we should remember, Zahor, we should remember this going forward. But I again, I think the biggest takeaway from this that I, I, that I can imagine is the the lack of any reliance the lack of reliability, I'll put it that way, of guarantors in this matter. Uh, the, uh, the Qataris in particular, being as close as they are to Hamas, both you in mean, terms of... You mean that when the uh, when we're talk, we're, when, when here one hears talk about uh, a uh, putative so-called Palestinian state that would, of course, be demilitarized, and, and, this, and guaranteed by international guarantees. You mean you're not quite convinced? Your no. mind's not put it at ease? <laughs> no. No. Fool me once, you know, okay, fool me twice. I'm not going I'm not going to the second one. I'm not going to the first one. We we should have known starting from in nineteen sixty-seven when the uh, UN was pulled out of Gaza when the Straits of Tehran was closed and the, the tripart agreement involving guarantors, the United States, Great Britain, and France were, were no-shows in terms of helping us down there. And it just goes on, whether it was Unifil in Lebanon or the, 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 the their, their equivalents in, in Syria doing nothing. The, the bottom line is the only guarantors we have 
Kodesh Baruch Hu, and the army. That's it. No one else can be relied upon to guarantee our security. And I put that in the proper order. As someone just pointed pray out. pray to Hashem. <clears throat> Sorry, as someone just pointed out in the uh, chat, it's the same uh, UN and other international guarantees and guarantors who uh, swore blind that the Hezbollah would not um, would not be able to go south of the Litani River and would not be on our border. Correct. Well, we, we know how that worked out. Correct. I, I, I also have to point out that it's as much our fault as it is the um, that, that of the United Nations I, I would, and all the I other guys. I would absolutely agree. In the minute it was violated, we should have we should have moved immediately. You're not going to abide by this agreement, and the guarantors aren't going to uh, do anything about it. Thank you. We'll we'll take care of it from now on. Thank you. We didn't do that. The military didn't want to do it. You know, they were they were uh, happy with just quote managing the problem or kicking the can down the road or mowing the grass. The top, or whatever. The, the top brass, to put it bluntly, do not believe that there should be wars and that there should be a need to fight. They or at if there most is, at most they believe in robots and cameras and balloons. Either technology, uh, or you know the air force. Or, or it can be, or, or, or it can be solved by negotiation, obviously. Or negotiation, but none, none of these ideas or none of these options um, will do anything to remove the threat that we're threats that we're facing. But that's fine with them, you know. Well, that's okay. Using the that's analogy. okay. But that's okay because they are deterred, obviously, right? We, so we were told. You know, we're the ones deterred. I, I liken them to um, prison wardens who simply want to end the day without any escapes or harm to their staff. Without and incident. they're happy. They're without the incident. Without incident. Without incident. That's correct. And I lived in that environment for 30 years and I, I observed it very, very carefully. And when I came home to Israel, I noticed this phenomenon being repeated by our military. They just want to end the day without any problems. And um, they consider it managing the enemy. Well, this is how you get October 6th. So, or October 7th, but Problem. they knew on. That's, that's what you do on, on October 6th if you wish to end up in, in October 7th. Correct. Correct. Yes. 